You know, it's been a couple of weeks since I stood up here uh, on a Wednesday night. I, I don't even know what uh, uh, Brother Saunders talked about the night that he filled in for me. You didn't finish chapter 4, did you? Not quite, okay. He still left something in James chapter 4 for me. So if you'll turn there to James chapter 4, I want to talk about something that... Uh, that uh, really is a burden on my heart and uh, hopefully I'll be able to express it tonight. I want to focus in on uh, just two verses. Chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Adulterers and adulteresses do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in, you, in us yearns jealously? Someone said, I looked for the church and I found it in the world. And I looked for the world and I found it in the church. I asked someone, what is worldliness? And the reply was, worldliness today doesn't mean what it used to mean. I don't believe that. I believe that John and James and Paul, I believe that they all had to deal with the same thing, this worldliness. And we need to know and have a definition of what worldliness is. Uh, so first of all, I'm going to define the term worldliness. Secondly, I'm going to give scriptures which condemn worldliness. And then thirdly, I'm going to show what God expects of us. So I'll start out by a definition of worldliness. First of all, worldliness is not, worldliness is not, contempt for the world. There was a Puritan who was walking along in the countryside one day and he came to a, uh, a beautiful bed of flowers. And his friend said to him, Oh, aren't those flowers just lovely? And his answer was, I have learned to call nothing lovely in this lost and sinful world. You see, I, that's not what worldliness is. God created this world for us to enjoy. Did you know that? If, 
he didn't want us to enjoy flowers, he wouldn't have given them such a sweet fragrance. I just loved uh, uh, when I landed at Hawaii, you could just smell the flowers. I'll never forget that smell. It was such a beautiful, beautiful smell when, when we landed there. I think God made them pretty just for us to feast our eyes upon. Did you ever think God, God could have made everything black and white? Wouldn't it be a horrible world to live in if everything was black and white? But he made such a variety of colors. And I love the fall of the year where I, when I can just ride through the countryside and look at all that nature has to offer. Now, I think God meant for us to enjoy what he made. So I don't think that that is what's meant by worldliness. The New Testament often uses the word cosmos. And in a sense, uh, it, it means a world apart from God. You know, Satan is the god of this age or the god of this world. And uh, we have two scriptures that kind of point that out to us. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. hope you're all looking at your Bibles. This is supposed to be a Bible study. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, For out of much affliction, and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved. Uh, I, I must have a wrong reference there. Maybe it's First Corinthians four four. Let's try that. A oh, four four. I got two four. Turn over one page. There we go. Whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, at least the light of the gospel of the glory of God, uh, Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, God has the God of this world has blinded people against the gospel. He is the God of this age. Ephesians 2.2. 2. Uh, is the other reference. And you he made alive, verse 1, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to, to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So he is the God of this age, the God of this world. Uh, Winky Pratney, how many has ever heard of Winky Pratney? Quite a teacher. And he has this to say. 
We see from reading the Bible that the world is the, is the system of ideas and a way of living that are evil against God, uh, ruled by the devil, and headed for hell. So the world that the Bible's talking about is a, is a system, a world system. I believe that the world system is under the devil. I believe that the world system is the thing that, that uh, can't stand Christianity. That's why uh, when you have uh, something of, uh, that's really for Christianity, you'll see that there's a news blackout. They don't want to publicize it. Uh, it's not of this age. It's not of this world. Uh, we are not of this world, uh, is what I mean to say. So now let's look at some scriptures condemning worldliness. Section, section 6 of the General Council of the Assemblies of God uh, bylaws has this to say. In view of the alarming erosion of national moral standards, we reaffirm our intention of holding our Bible standards against all forms of worldliness. We urge all believers to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. We need to ha hold a standard. We need to have a standard of right and wrong. And the problem, people, is this. In our schools, they're teaching uh, situation ethics, which means that under a certain circumstance, one thing might be right where under another circumstance it might be wrong. For instance, cannibalism. They say that under certain circumstances cannibalism would be acceptable. Uh, there was some airplane that landed in the Andes Mountains, and, uh, or crashed in the Andes Mountains, and the people lived by cannibalism. But according to them, it's all right because they were doing it to survive. Situation ethics says that under some circumstances, it's all right to have sex outside of marriage. There, it all depends on the circumstances. The Bible has a standard of right and wrong, and it never changes. Fornication is against biblical principles. Fornication is another word for sex outside of marriage or uncleanliness in the, in the sex act. Uh, it says the marriage bed is non-defiled. 
sex belongs within the marriage, not outside the marriage. If people would pay attention to it, we wouldn't be having the AIDS problem we have right now. They wouldn't be pushing some of these uh, alternative things that they put on television to try to curb uh, the spread of AIDS. There has to be right and wrong. And what I see is people that have come into Christianity that bring their worldly philosophy with them. And they still see nothing wrong with things that God says is wrong. For instance, you can, well we'll, well, well, we'll get into some of the for instances here in a little bit, but I believe that we've got to hold the line. I don't believe God ever meant for divorce. I'm sorry if, if uh, but God never meant for divorce. God said, I hate divorce. It's, a, it's something that maybe uh, some of you have gone through. But I'm telling you what God's word says. God says that there's only one excuse for divorce. And that's just because uh, of the hardness of our hearts. He said there should be one woman and one man for a lifetime. Uh, I could get into trouble tonight. I can see that, but... <clears throat> I want to read you something. I, I don't even know where I copied this from. In his teaching regarding worldliness, talking about the Bible, the scripture warns against participation in activities which defiles the body or corrupts the mind and spirit. The inordinate love of or preoccupation with pleasures, positions, and passions which lead to, the, to their misuse. Manifestations of extreme behavior, unbecoming speech, and inappropriate appearance. Any fascination or association which lessens one's affection for, this, for spiritual things. That's a whole mouthful. Actually, you can break it down into a couple areas. Anything that, or any activity which defiles your body or corrupts your mind or spirit, don't do it. Secondly, anything that preoccupies you from giving your full love to God. Let me give you a for instance. George says I meddle when I do this. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a man who liked to play golf.
Nothing wrong with golf. Amen. But when you're out there on a Sunday, when you should be in church, batting the little white ball around that big pasture and then looking for it, then it has taken a place ahead of God. Uh, there's nothing wrong with hunting or fishing. I love to hunt and fish. But when it preoccupies you to the point where it takes you away from your time in prayer, it takes you away from your time of uh, Bible study, it takes you away from time of worship, then it's wrong. You can get preoccupied with these things. And we need to watch it. Uh, some, some very good things, and you could probably name a lot of them here tonight, that we just hadn't ought to do because they steal our attention and our love from God. And that's what the second part of it said. Inordinate love for or preoccupation with pleasure, position, all right, position. Uh, a person can get so involved in his work that it takes him away from God. He can backslide by being a workaholic, preoccupied with earning a living. Position or possessions. Like the guy said, I'll pay my tithe just as soon as I get that boat and motor paid for, Lord. <laughs> Which came first? Let's look at some scriptures. Uh, which really, I said I was going to look at here, and I have a ser several of them. Let's start in Luke. Luke chapter 21 and verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with what? Carousing, drunkenness. Them, them there, I don't have too many problems with in our church. But look at what the next thing says. The cares of this life. And I want you to know, we can get so weighted down with the cares of this life that you can backslide to the point where you won't even be saved anymore. You just won't walk with the Lord anymore. And then uh, Romans chapter 8. See, God wouldn't warn you about these things if, if they weren't easy to fall into. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. 
But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, this the way you would normally think is really against what God says. Our natural thoughts, trying to please the flesh, are against God. And there's a lot of fleshly things that get brought into the church. Ephesians 5.11 Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But do what? What are we supposed to do with them? Expose them. We're to expose them. We, we need to, to speak out against these things. We need to take a stand against these things that, that are of darkness. We're at war. First Timothy, chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 8. Therefore I desire that, the men, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without uh, wrath or doubting, in like manner also that the women, here we go, meddling again, George. In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Would you believe I've seen women in the church that when I would go to their house to visit them, or maybe they've come to my house to visit me, and they got such a long split in their skirt that they're having troubles and they're, they're really trying to hide it because they, they're, they're feeling guilty because they're sitting somewhere near the preacher. Well, why don't they feel guilty when they sit near everybody else? If they're guilty about it, don't wear it. Amen? It says modest apparel. Um, with, uh, that are uh, with pride, that's proper, and um, with moderation. Not with uh, braiding of hair and gold and uh, pearls and, and costly clothing, but with, here, here we go, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. You need to wear that which glorifies God. And I've seen where over the years there's been a slipping away uh, from 
that which is really proper dress for women in the church. I can remember a time when a, when a woman would not be caught in a pair of slacks in a church. My wife wears them. I, I'm telling you, I'm just... I'm not picking on anybody here. Uh, I'm just telling it like it is. There's, there, we, we've moved from center line to one side. There was a time when women uh, would keep their dresses buttoned up around their neck. My mother, even though she was a Methodist, her own mother and father almost disowned her when she wore a low-cut neck for the first time. I'm not saying that we need to dress like, like the nuns, but I do think there is proper dress. And I, I, I really believe in that, and I believe that it's up to the older women to teach the younger. That's what it says over in Peter. Isn't that right? It's up to the, younger, uh, the older women to teach the younger ones how to dress. It's not up to the world to teach them how to dress. <clears throat> First John 2:15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. I think that's enough scripture. There's probably more that you could bring out that condemns worldliness. And last of all, I just want to show what God expects of us. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. In uh, John 18, 36, Luke uh, 17, 21, Jesus said, the kingdoms of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And uh, we're not to be ruled by the prince and the power of the air or the God of this age, not by the world's systems, not by the world's values, because we're not of this world. John 15, Jesus made it very clear John 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And herein lies the problem. 
we want to be loved by everybody. We want everybody to love us and not make fun of us. And Jesus said that the world would hate us because we would, even our appearance should convict them of sin. He said, because they've hated me, they're going to hate you. A servant is not above his master. It's enough that we be like him. If they've done this in a green stick, what, what are they going to do in the dry stick, right? So he said, we're not of this world. Remember the words that I said to you? A servant is not a greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecu uh, persecute you. If they keep my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. The world and us are different. We're to come out from amongst them. We're to be a peculiar people. We're to, not to touch the unclean thing. We're not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. We are to be different. And you're never going to win the world over by compromising with the world system and becoming like the world. You've got to be different from the world. Contrast will do much more to convict them of sin than, than uh, by uh, becoming like they are to try to win them over because you just won't do it because then they, they say, well, well, you're no different than I am. And I think that that's one of the problems in the church today. There is not that much difference between the child of God and the child of this world. And I believe God is calling for holiness. I believe God is calling for restoration. I believe God is calling us back to that which uh, we had at the turn of the century when this movement was born. I, I realize they, they may have went too far this direction in trying to find holiness. And a lot of it was self-appointed holiness or Phariseeism. But we've gone too far the other direction. And it's time to get back to what God says. Amen?